podcast for tuning in i'm not even really here i'm on vacation this is ghost me my wife didn't want me to mention the vacation in my intros <laughs> thank you for listening thank you for watching for following me on twitch twitch.tv ron underscore funches is the account patreon.com slash getting better with ron if you want to be a patreon supporter we truly appreciate that very much uh you can go to comedianteas.com get yourself a t-shirt getting better shirt to get high watch wrestling shirt or just yourself a ron funches shirt please go ahead and get it oh i'm in a new show jellystone that i think is out right now on hbo max i play a couple of fun characters so go check that out if you get a chance you know the drill I hope you're feeling strong. I hope you're feeling brave. Hope you're feeling love. Grateful for that love. Hope you're having a fun summer. Hope I'm having a fun summer right now. I hope I'm enjoying parts of Europe and uh, my wife's body. (laughs) (laughs) And I just hope you're having fun and um, taking the time I guess the easiest way to say it is treat yourself to steal a thing from Retta. Uh, been through a rough time. Rough last year. You could feel it all around. You could see it, whether it's the w- related to the pandemic and COVID. I mean, it's all kind of related to it, but whether it's the actual people getting sick, people dying, or if it's people who have lost income and we see more and more homeless camps popping up everywhere. If it's the mental health effect that we see a lot of people stressed out, more and more people fighting online, more and people digging in, uh, being ignorant. We've seen people act out on airplanes. That is all related to the stress and the trauma that we've gone through within this last year and a half and if you don't take that time to realize that to take a moment to stop and i realize that that is a privilege not everyone has the ability the means to go on a vacation and take that time to disconnect and and find themselves uh but you can do a lot of things whatever is a vacation for you whether that's video games whether that's smoking a little pot whether that's going on a hike and doing some mushrooms whether it's going to a baseball game whatever going dancing that's all a big one uh whatever you can do working out even just to take some moment for yourself to connect and treat yourself well get yourself some ice cream get yourself and i mean quality ice cream don't just go buy some shitty ice cream get yourself some good get some moose tracks or something (laughs) i just i just looking for a fun word uh but the whole point is i just been feeling within myself uh, the stress, the thing, the the longing, the missing out, and then to go from that to like, oh, going right back to work, um, going on tour, going and doing shows, trying to re-get the money that I lost from the last year uh, without being able to be like, oh, let me take a breath, take a moment. There's a lot of stress in my heart. And I, as I prepare for a, a upcoming couple gigs that are important to me, that are big opportunities to me to showcase my skills and what I can uh, bring to be a positive to to other people's um, projects. Um, I wanted to make sure I wasn't burnt out, that I could give my all, that I could give joyfully because that is important. That's just a simple one that I don't know if we've talked about that much, but if you are if you consider yourself a giver, a person that like, well, you like, oh, I give till it hurts. Um, stop. It's not good quality. It's a selfish quality. It's a quality that you're saying, I'm trying to show how good I am and let you take advantage of me until I freak out and then I attack people because you didn't notice how nice I was. And you're like, well, you're the jerk there for that. Give joyfully, always. If you're not giving from a place of happiness and that you want to give and you don't expect anything in return, then don't give. 
don't think that anybody owes you anything. That's just a horrible way. I used to live like that. Like, oh, if I did this, that means I needed this in return. Like, it, life was a big math problem that if A if, if, if A means this, then B means that. It's not always like that. Sometimes you just give to give. Sometimes you just give because it's a joy to give. It's a responsibility. It's a blessing to give. So if you have that ability to give to others right now, to be more charitable, Please do so because it's very needed and it's only going to get more needed as we get back around towards winter time. Uh, and if you all you can do is take care of yourself, please do that. Be kind to yourself. Treat yourself with joy. Take breaks when you need to. And just do what you can. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Try to enjoy myself, enjoy my life, and get back to work, support my son, support my family. One of our favorites, a true hard worker, a true talent, and someone who I watch continue to just grind and get better and better and push themselves uh, without expecting to get things. I'm sure she, I know she wants things, but she does it with, she does do it with a source of joy in her heart and just, happy to perform and, and and one of my favorite things in the world is just taking her on tour and uh watching people fall in love with her uh it's an amazing sight because she is truly unique and truly herself so let's check in with our good friend blair Saki. enjoy it <laughs> hey blair hey Vaughn. thanks for coming over Thanks for having me over. Of course. It's good to check in with you. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do a podcast because I feel like I talk to you probably the most of any person I know. Yeah, it's good. We had to have a check-in mm-hmm. after spending the weekend together. Yeah, we just came back from Nashville together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. I think it was a... a Fun indicator of the growth of the last couple of years, though, right? Because when we started touring together, you were hosting mostly. And then now it was just me and you and you were featuring and you were crushing it and killing it. Oh, that's nice. How did you feel about it? I felt great. It was really fun. Um, it was such it was so good. to. It felt like pre-pandemic times, just like a full club going wild, hanging, having good times. How has this last year been for you, Blair? <laughs> um, well, the best part was a um, banana cream pie that we had that I didn't order, but I did partake in. And um, it was crazy, even though I'm not supposed to be eating that right now. But so if you don't tell. Um, <laughs> but uh, this past year, this past year was wild. I did some really weird shit. Let's get into that. <laughs> I want to ask you, I keep Please. wanting to ask you the same question back, but mm-hmm. you can ask me anything. Yeah. Yeah. How was it for you? This last year? Um, I mean, I guess it's a, let's see, how can I do it in a way that won't bore people to death? Uh, first few couple months were terrifying in a new way of like, oh, okay. I had always heard, I think I had always, um, Pat Nons, well, most comedians, it always just been something about like safe, for a rainy day, save for the oh, bad yeah. time in comedy. Mm-hmm. And, That's what my dad always says. I had um, been fortunate and blessed and lucky that my whole career had been through this kind of whole golden era of comedy where, like, my whole, it was just all like, tick, 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 tick. it was that part of the roller God coaster. bless you. I agree with you. Uh, but I was just lucky and blessed with that. I never had to deal with it. And then it was like, oh, this is what, this is what they talking about. When yeah. That time when you don't have, have any work for three months. And um, I was like, you know. I try to stay on my business and like look at my like oh year to year and so like you're probably like oh look at me I'm doing better this year than that year and like oh if this year continues this is going to be my best year ever and then it was not you mm-hmm. know it was like oh actually I've made a 25% of the money that I normally yeah. make in a year and so that was a little bit terrifying mm-hmm. but then once I got through that initial sh- shock and terror and kind of just gave in to it and was like oh I can't perform i can do a few zooms yeah i just have to go do my voiceovers and then just uh again just lucky 
uh, that, you know, was here with Christina mm -hmm. and just being like, oh, we're newlyweds and mm -hmm. I get to spend this time with her and just... And so it turned into a real positive where now, as you know, where I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to have fun, do less work, yeah. less shows. Yeah. I love, I mean, we talked about this a lot. I feel like um, we really were talking about like a this a spiritual practice, basically, of like having fun in this business. And that was good. I felt some integration um, per our discussions about it in my soul. Because, you know, a lot of times I know these things intellectually, but they don't sink in cellularly. Um, yeah, but I, I think that's really. Yeah. And also getting married in the pandemic. That's also like three years of marriage. That's what I say. Because you spend more time together than you would. Like everyone I know, by the way, uh, every single one of my fucking friends decided to get married in the pandemic. It's incredible. Um <laughs> By the way, uh, well, I feel like it was a great, uh, uh, like this is the test. Either we know we want to be together or we know we shouldn't be. And I guess for you, you just like, I got you were like, this is the time to be by myself. <laughs> uh, I did have to face myself in some ways. <laughs> um, I, uh, I was, I did reach a moment that I did not uh, suspect, expect that said, Blair, are you going to have the courage to allow someone to love you? Or are you going to be a creepy old commitment phobic, like male comedian, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're still working on that. Um but at so least you think you have that you you but because the Blair that I talked to seems like she she loves the idea of committed relationships she loves the idea of exclusive uh just growing with a partner but this is the first time really hearing about you talk about commitment issues with within you I've always assumed it was them oh no not at all mm. no it's never been them no, it's well, never course. well look at you yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you yeah it's never been them um i have been running for a long time and um my my true heart of course is like i want to i want that to be married and have children i just haven't met the there's still a chasm there mm -hmm. yeah and and then i think i was telling you this but that i just feel like resentful that i have to go out and date and find this person <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just like i i'm just like pissed you're like why aren't you why aren't we already just watching shows yeah or? that's exactly how i feel but that involves putting being putting yourself out there and going and spending the time and meeting people. If you're not dating comedians, <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I know also you've been celibate for how long have you been celibate now? Well, I'd rather not say well, too um, bad. I asked you, <laughs> <laughs> look, I it's, you know, we're nobody's perfect, but, um, Oh, you broke it. <laughs> no. Look, look, I, I'm trying to accomplish something and um well, this is the first time I've heard about this. Is this recent? What happened? Last time you're like, I'm not having <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to say focus. You know, I'm I'm trying to stay focused. Um and so I'm going on a date tomorrow night. Oh, I told you what I did. I said at the end of a comedy show, it just came out. I was like, because I am shy in this way. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, DM me if you're a good person and you have a job. Mm -hmm. So then I'm going on a date with one of those men. I also like that you put those requirements out there because I feel like sometimes people will be like, well, I shouldn't. I mean, maybe they just about to be a good person and whatever. But I feel like you got if you like, hey, you need to have a job, be with me. Yeah. Know who you are. I like that you're setting those type of expectations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, you got to do it. I mean, in my 20s, it was it was just like, oh, you yeah, fine, you know, um, but now it's a little more serious. So mm -hmm. I don't because the thing is, I can never just date someone to date someone. I have to be really I can't fake anything. I have no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fake 
I was filter. pretty much the same way. I've always was. I'm like, oh, I'm guess I'm not built like a lot of guys because I would see these guys uh, hanging out with these women and like I'm like, oh yeah, they're kind of. To me, they weren't even really that attractive because it's like this very traditional look of like I was like, oh, I don't like even, an Instagram model, like an Instagram model, or even just like a model model. And I'm I like curves, yeah. Uh, and so I just be like, well, first of all, I don't get it, but then secondly, I'd be like, they don't seem fun to talk to, and yeah. I can't fake it. I have to have. I remember. I mean, I maybe I'll just talk about it. I just went on a date with this girl, and like she. Like we and because she thought she was so hot, like we were making out or whatever, and then she just like laid back, and then I was just like, "What's going on?" Oh yeah, you're like boring. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I need enthusiasm. I need to know that you're into this. I'm not like trying. I'm not one of those dudes. It was just like I just took it. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I I think I developed an unconscious bias. A lot of these things are unconscious because, like, consciously, I'm like. Of course, I just want a really sweet, you know, great man, all these things. And then I find a way to like run away all the time. Mm. You know what I mean? But I have thought, I remember thinking, especially when I was younger, um, based off what you're saying, like, you know, sometimes two people that are conventionally too good looking, like they never had to cultivate uh other things to make themselves interesting because they just never had to and then so some of like what you would think is like a really beautiful person objectively i feel no attraction to them Mm -hmm. you know there's no fucking x factor it also makes sense you grew up all around that type of stuff over there in in beautiful orange county it seems like that would just be all around you so you just be like well that's not that doesn't do anything yeah, I will say having and, you know, I don't want to um, make anything in absolutes black or white or whatever. Um, but now having uh, experienced, you know, a lot of other parts of the world and stuff, uh, I will say it's very looks focused there compared to most places. Oh, this is shocking news to me. It is. But I mean, not to say there's not like, but I just I just remember just having that drilled into me just by what I saw that that was like such an important thing. And, you know, very young, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be like smart mm. and do other things. <laughs> you know? Yes. I was like, this is exhausting. That's interesting to me. Um, I just like that. Um, what was it like for you just being there? I mean, I guess you've changed a lot and you've grown, but it seems like you're a real spiritual person. You're very um, like it seems you know you're in the uh quality into like rights for people and it seems like that the area doesn't necessarily breed those type of people that often is usually like uh looks or to me seems like it would be very money focused mm-hmm. um and then i also know that you you tweeted out recently that there's just people in your own family that who like just don't want to take the vaccine at all um so i just want to know what's that what was that oh like not in my in not in my immediate family no, thank not. god okay. um but yes yeah, a relative that i was who's 95 um and she won't she take don't it. need it <laughs> she's in her prime um, they say if you in your prime you don't really need yeah no <laughs> i you know and i i'm very careful about characterizing people in orange county because i there's a lot of things that i i love for them mm-hmm. i love about them and especially my own family like and you know it is confusing because if I hadn't left Orange County, I would have the exact same political beliefs. I just wasn't exposed. You're not exposed to anything else. And like, I wouldn't say at all. I didn't grow up around like anyone hateful and anything. I didn't hear anything hateful. I didn't hear, you know, it's just like a lot of like Christian centric um, people with boob jobs. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it is. I, I think if you leave or and it's not it's not an arts focused place in any way. So there's not a lot of like uh, cultivation of that or nurturing of that. Mm. And so when I left, you know, uh, I I got to see like what else w- was out there in terms of like culture and arts and everything. And then I think that quickly changes you. Yeah, I think that's just a um fact of life of most people that in, in your people are lucky when doesn't matter where you're from you know i learned so many things from leaving chicago 
and and just going to Oregon really helped shape me. Yeah, it's just traveling around really helps. Um, it, and I like how you put it in that it's not necessarily people was ever going like we hate black people or we don't oh, no, like nothing it, nothing like, like that. that. Yeah, but there is just kind of this like background noise of tonal of like we all do this and yeah. we all do mm-hmm. it's, it's a very um and i think and then that's not just to talk about orange kind of i mean i think that's everywhere yeah wherever you are you, yeah you you're put into this place and you're kind of told like well, you stay here and you kind of and this is who you are yeah yeah one of the things that first made me aware of that was that when i did move from chicago and oregon and then going to the malls and then realizing that corporately like all these malls like different footlockers have different soundtracks oh really oh yeah you're so aware of music i i wouldn't even pick up on that but you hear it immediately yeah you go to a footlocker in chicago you're gonna hear rap all the time yeah footlocker in oregon you're gonna hear country and pop oh wow yeah it's almost just this weird cultural like you stay here you you know it's just i mean i know that's kind of weird to bring up but like that's just something i really believe in so i just said it yeah yeah no i understand that i mean it's really confusing being in these worlds and and being um crossed between two worlds and we've talked about this a lot because I adore my family. Like I'm so close with my family and I would never like talk badly about them because what is happening and what is what people try to force you into, especially like, you know, if you are an artist or like a semi-public person is like, they want things to be without nuance. And that's Mm. just not the way life is, Mm -hmm. you know? And and people always want to reduce people down to one thing or the other. And as I have been in recovery and matured, uh, the more and more nuances like I, I see, you know, mm-hmm. how does that um, how do you feel that that works within your 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 career as well? Because I feel like similar. I think it's one of the things that we bond over is similar mm-hmm. to me that we're very. Um, I guess I don't want to brag, but we're very complex people. But we're a lot of different things and we're yeah. capable of different things and we enjoy different things. You're, mm-hmm. you're very um, spiritual and, and artsy, but you're also very, you're an athlete and you're into sports. And mm-hmm. I, I like all these different things. But I think often, whether it is just the, the very base thing of our voices mm-hmm. that people try to just put you in this. Oh, the pitch bo- of our voices? Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. And it's funny that we're, you know, was it you that said we sound like cartoon characters or was that someone else? Uh, I mean, it's probably everybody. Oh, yeah. I feel like so many people say that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about this where no one had ever said a word to me about my voice until I got into comedy. So I felt I was so shocked because <laughs> it had never been posed to me one time. Um but yeah, now I don't care. Like it doesn't, I think it bothered me when I was younger because I just felt like it was so misogynist, mm. but now I just don't care at all. It doesn't bother me. I'm like, what? It's not, it's like my, my voice is the same as like my thumb. It just is that way. What mm. do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How was your self tape that you did? Oh, it was this good. Was, this interview very, just <laughs> focus on recency. <laughs> It was good. It was fun. I'm just trying to have fun with my self-tapes. You enjoying acting more and more? I mean, I love acting. I love to hear that. Yeah, I love acting. And, like, uh, I love stand-up. I'll always love stand-up. I like that I have full control because I'm a control freak. Um, But I always want to be writing and acting. Like, I never want to be just doing one thing, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is, like, in New York, like you can are really like demonized for that. Um, but I want to have a career and I want to make shit and cool stuff from my mind. Uh, what have you, what is there anything from acting that you've learned that you've taken back into your comedy or even bigger than that? Um, I was really surprised by like some of these 
exercises that we did in acting and in particular i've talked about it before where we did like a posture exercise where she brought in this lady and she just watched you walk around the room and she just was basically like she's like you try to hide you try to make yourself as small as possible because you think you're a burden because of your size and you and i was like oh yeah i know <laughs> you know i did notice a big difference because like a lot of my friends you know they were a theater major and i've more and more of my friends I'm finding out were theater majors, even if I wouldn't have seen that in them. Like they're not like, you know, a very obviously musical theater person. Mm -hmm. um, I had zero acting. And um, I mean, I've made a lot of my own stuff and I've learned through that, but it's totally different. Like I was surprised a lot about like what the formal training was like. Um, I have the same acting teacher as you since you told me about her. Um, but like, it really was about being well, like I had to get comfortable in my body doing something new. It's learning a full new skill and it is, it is like really vulnerable. Do you think that it led to you, like um, some of your bits that I really enjoy now, like um, Triscuit and um, you singing this song, do you feel that, you're more I mean you've already always been you move a lot either way mm -hmm. but I think like when I watch you on stage now like you'll like pose more you'll do a little bit oh. more it seems like you're more aware of your body would you agree with that or that's just something that maybe I just watch who knows um maybe I don't know I like I I feel really free on stage you know and so acting is a whole nother thing where now I feel like I'm getting really comfortable but in the beginning and I've told you this that I get more nervous sometimes when I'm opening for someone than when I'm headlining because I and like I felt like this in improv too and that when I did some improv classes it's like I don't want to let anyone else down mm -hmm. or anyone else like I feel more confident when I don't feel like I need to either impress someone else or like I feel a lot of pressure to do a good job for other people, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. I feel less pressure by myself. You just feel free. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> do you think acting um, changed your stand-up? Yes. In just, what way? I changed my rhythm. It made me, um, like, even now, like, sometimes I'll just learning to hold. And, oh, yeah. like, do a face or something. like right. or, or things that I wouldn't do. I think I can even do... Um, when I watch some, uh, people who've been acting more than I have or, and they're even though, and I think a lot of it is something to do with my, like my body and my weight loss and still me being more comfortable in my body. Mm. But it's like, I still feel like I have more to go in it, but I, but I think it's just like, Oh, I'm more aware of like, I have more tools. It's not just like, I think before I was just like, let me just try to say the most smartest laser sharp mm. multi flippy flop yeah. joke I can. I do that too. And now it's just like, oh, sometimes I'm going to just tell a story and then the joke might just be me going, what? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I can tell that. I said that to you the other day when I'm watching you because um, like I, I'm like a maniac on stage. And then when I watch you, I'm just like, you're so cool. On, you're so you don't need anything from the audience and they fucking love that you know yeah not it, that any style is better than uh another at all i don't think that but it's just like it's very cool to watch you because you don't you don't need anything thank you them. for saying that that's yeah. a lesson that is the thing that i do that's actually a mantra that i have in my head and it's something that um, from my training with Jorgen and from from Christina that we just do like it's the reason why uh, you know when Mary Mar made Funk I bring my water bottle on stage uh, I was like I bring my water bottle on stage so I don't need water from anybody I bring oh. a little snack so I don't need I, I, mean, yeah. I truly try to come into whether it's on stage on set wherever like not in this like I don't need anybody from anyone but just that like I am home I'm mm. Home in your and body. I'm fine. I have everything I need. Yeah. And so that's important for me and for you to say that is very um that makes me feel very good. So thank you very much. Oh yeah. I went working on uh, you know, 
I observed that in you, and then I'm like, I should take some of that. Well, I remember I observed it from watching a concert uh, with this rapper who I enjoyed since I was a kid named DJ Quick, and he's a, a Los Angeles-based rapper. He's got some, a lot of classic hits. I'm sure you've heard a song, even if you don't know the name. And um, I went to see him in concert, and every other concert I've seen, you know, it's like, if you go to like you've been to festivals and stuff like you see the people come on stage and they'll kind of like tune up all their stuff real quick mm. and get going and talk to the people um when i saw dj quick he spent like the first 20 minutes just sound checking and talking to the band members like he never even turned around yeah and looked at us he never yeah. even he just was like oh this is working all right yeah, yeah he was so at home he right. was so like oh i don't need i'm about to give you guys a, i'm about to give you guys yeah. something so don't i don't need anything and it was just and that was I, there was something really attractive to that about that to me of being like oh he's just in his own world right and he's gonna invite me in when he's ready yeah but it's not like oh please 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 like me and I think I had, uh, uh, um, I just think a lot of times comedians and especially me, you know, as pe people pleaser. So it's like, I want you to please like me. I want you to like me. And now I, I just get such more of a sense of confidence of like, oh, I know what I like and I like to create things. Yeah. And you're welcome to it if you want it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's so smart. I mean, it's so, it's so human to as like interdependent creatures that we want and need connection and love. And I think like, um, all comedians in some way start out at least because you like have this need to be like seen and heard mm -hmm. um, from whatever transpired before that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then like you quickly realize like uh, that's can't, that's not sustainable. Uh, well, don't say quickly. It's not quickly for a lot of people. Yeah. It's not quickly. I've seen a lot. I mean, I talked to, uh, we've had, and I'm dropping names, but it's because we're good friends. Uh, Andy Kendler, you know, he didn't even start getting into therapy until he was 60 and mm. realizing that there were things like that that yeah. he needed to handle. Better uh, late than never. Better late than never. But my point was to praise you for, for, for realizing that early as a, a trait. I think I see in you before that like you don't even mean you know we all have our own thing but you don't you you do take these lessons you don't really make the same mistake multiple times like oh thank you yeah um I think that I've had to and I mean I think I was even fucking crying on this podcast like a few years ago <laughs> I came on like a week after my big breakup or something. Um, but like I've had to just stare down to the depths of my soul in every way. Um, and I think when you have seen when you're not running from these parts of yourself and you've seen them all and you start to accept them, you can be a much bigger person and take up a lot more space because you're not hiding. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's sort of when I've I've those spot that I've gotten to and it's like a lot of painful tiring work but it's so worth it like I feel a lot more embodied mm. now mm. you know instead of just like mm -hmm. terrified yeah I know exactly how that feels yeah and actually that I mean I was gonna bring it up but that like when you texted me one of the best compliments I ever got when after our weekend and you said that you enjoy spending time with me and that it made you feel bigger instead of smaller yeah and that just made me feel so good oh that's nice yeah I like to um I like to tell people that after I spend time with them so everyone knows how I feel yeah, but it's true. Ooh, I, repeat that for people who, who don't do understand that simple thing that <laughs> so many people don't do. I just feel like death is coming for us all. And so I like to tell people how I feel about them and the impact that they have on me. And I am like the most sensitive person on earth. So like I can just like I can <laughs> people don't know if they've only seen me on stage, but I can just like cry at the drop of the hat. You know what I mean? Just from if someone says something nice to me, I'll cry a lot of times. Or if I say something nice to someone else, I'll cry. <laughs> I just really feel all my emotions are like right here, you know? Right at the surface. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good true. For art. I yes, and I can access them all in um most ways. 
How was your ayahuasca trip? Tell people who, who like me, oh, who yeah. will never do that. Yeah. Uh, tell me about it. Uh, well, it's something I've always wanted to do forever. And I just didn't know when I would have the time or money to just go down to the Amazon for 10 days, <laughs> um, especially during this um, seemingly never ending pandemic. Um, but I just ran into someone who had a friend who had gone somewhere in L.A. And I had always heard, like, don't do it in L.A. It's like sketchy, you know, white people doing it, whatever. And so I had I had just sort of decided that I wouldn't do it in L.A. But then I had heard that they had like a great experience. And so I felt like I had a place that was vouched for. And I also felt like I was going to be like back on the road, back doing stuff soon. So I was like, oh, now's the time. And so I just did it. And, um, you know, it's a it's a very big thing. I had to prepare for a month. Um, it's you can you cannot take it lightly in any way. There's so much prep and diet and things that you have to like cut out to spiritually and mentally and physically prepare to have the best scenario. And, um, you know, a lot of people with addictions or like chronic depression or things like that, uh, go for that reason. And I also felt like since I had, you know, I just recently finished the 12 steps I had done, I'd done every, ounce of work so I felt really like I wasn't trying to like get a quick fix or anything it was just sort of a cherry on top experience mm -hmm. um and so then I went I went by myself which is really crazy um no one told my parents that I did this by the way um and yeah I went and it was just beyond anything I could ever imagine I will never do like drugs outside of that capacity just because it was so spiritual mm -hmm. um and so like such a safely safe container with like so much reverence and ritual um but yeah it takes you places that you don't even know that you can go what did you learn that you can share with me yeah okay well i had watched all these documentaries and podcasts about it mm -hmm. and listened to podcasts about it. And basically like what I got from those is like, you're going to go to the scariest place in the world that, and you're going to be so scared and it's going to be so hard and painful, but you're going to come out changed and better at the end. So I really was gripping and was just like, I'm going to go. Gabe Dinger going down a water slide. <laughs> Gabe almost broke my finger going down a water slide. He was holding on to my hand so hard. Um, but yeah, so I was going in with that mindset and I was like, whatever, I'm just going to get through it. And then I got the full opposite message in the world. Oh. <laughs> I was going in, of course, expecting terror. And the message I got was that the universe is kind and like I got, this sounds so insane to talk about. <laughs> But I went to like a pink marshmallow jungle that was like a Pixar movie. And I cried so much. They said like they said they had like never heard someone cry like that. <laughs> like they said it was like a child crying. Mm. They had ne they said it was like a soul cry. Mm. But like I don't remember really because I was so in it. Um, but and then I was like telling them about like this Pixar jungle and how it was like talking to me saying like and I was like, oh, my God, you're nice. And then they were like, yeah, it's a reflection of you. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. It sounds so simple and stuff, but it was actually deeply profound. Mm. And I also felt like all this release. Yeah. Like what? But the, just the crying. Oh, yeah. You know, like just like grief leaving my body yeah leaving all the world worldly troubles yeah or just like you know since trauma is stored in the body um it was like getting out of you know bypassing my mm -hmm. uh analytic mind just giving your baby body again yes yes but it was really cool it was really really cool yeah that sounds interesting it was interesting. It was a wild thing I did. 
Blair, you know what we like to do on here. Tell us your goals right now. What's oh. Blair working on? <laughs> where is she headed or where does she think she's headed or where does she want to go? I'm looking for a boyfriend if I can uh, have God hit me over the head to realize wherever he is. If he, if Because a lot of times I miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm looking for that. Um I'm developing a TV show right now. I'm really excited about, um, about to go out with. That's really cool that I um, spent a lot of the pandemic working on, which was a cool thing that I had the time to do that. Um, which really excites me and I hope it gets made because it's the thing that I would want to be watching on TV. And um, I have a podcast I'm going to be starting. Oh, you're starting a podcast? <laughs> Is this why you're on your podcast tour right now? Um, and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with um, the pandemic, but, you know, I like to get headlining regularly. And well, you want to just leave me behind? No, not leave you. <laughs> um, in addition. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Both. Um, both. Yeah, you have like your, your your clubs, and then we're you're featuring for me in theaters. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's sort of what I'm working on. I want to I want a writing job. If you're if you're listening, and um, I want to act. I just I want to do voiceover so bad cartoons. It seems like a matter of time. You know, I'm always like, who, who, who's stupid? Why are people <laughs> hearing her voice and arranging the many things that she could be a, a child, a, a demon of some type? <laughs> a uh, demon. <laughs> I would die to play a cartoon demon. Yeah. That would be a dream. Um. But yeah, so that's sort of it. I'm also just now like whatever needs to come, come. Whatever needs to go, go. That's my new mantra. I love it. I love it. That's like letting it go, not trying to hold on anything that doesn't serve you or chase things that have not come to reach you. You you yeah. You just fishing. Yeah, exactly. I actually had that crystallized in my mind. Um, through some of our conversations this past weekend in Nashville. But also, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast before I go to sleep with a sleep timer. And um, and I was listen- I'll listen to WTF based on the guest mm-hmm. um, because I do think that Mark is a shrewd interviewer. Um, but Rick Rubin was on there. And it was so funny how he didn't like play to Mark's energy at all. Like he stayed... Not in a rude way in any way, but he just stayed, you know, within himself. And like he was asking him certain things like poking, trying to get like, a, you know, good inside stories or whatever. And he just sort of wouldn't budge. And then when he was asking him, I forget what it was about, about like, what was that upsetting to you? Or did you try to finagle that or anything? He's like, no, I never I would never do that. I just, if someone, if something doesn't work out, I trust, I, I just know, oh, that wasn't supposed to work out. Or if, um, if this song is supposed to come to fruition, then it will like, and he was so, and it was not like him just giving lip service. It was like deeply, he deeply believed it. You could feel it. He feels like the Phil Jackson of music. Yeah. Truly. Right. Yeah. The, the Zen, the Zen master. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, I'd like to meet Rick Rubin. He seems pretty cool. He does seem pretty cool. A little bit. Where are we at time-wise, Halsey? Perfect. Blair, where you got that people can, um, where can they see you? Where do you want them to see that's out now? That oh. Some sketches that they can go look at. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of uh, fun little short films, but I really want people to know about um, 
my show at the Bell House in New York. That seems like a good idea. Yes, I'm going back to New York. I'm going to be headlining at the Bell House. Tickets are available in my Twitter and Instagram bio. And um, yeah, I would love to see you guys there. What can they expect there at that Bell House? What have you been working on? You want to talk about all the foods or what you do? Yeah, yeah. It'll be just like a compilation of everything. Um, I have been doing a lot of food material lately because I wrote that show right before the pandemic and performed it exactly one time. <laughs> so I have all that material, but we'll see. Um, it's gonna, and I'm gonna have some really fun guests. And I just haven't been to New York in a while, so it's gonna be really fun. Nice. Sounds yeah. Like you got, and that's where you know that's where you cut your teeth on yeah. your comedies. That's where I came up, and I may or may not be having a another headlining show in LA, depending on um, some things. So if that happens, I'll announce it. The date of my Bell House show is September 16th. Good question, Halston. Thank you. <laughs> That's why he's a good producer. <laughs> September 16th, New York City. Head down to the Bell House and go see one of the fastest rising stars of all of comedy. People just love her and you will too, whether you like Triscuits or not. Go and see yourself <laughs> some Blair Saki. Thank you, Ron, and thank you for being such a good friend and mentor always. Oh, I'm usually the mentee. I'm the mentor. You are, yeah. And, you know, I just learned so much from you, and it's the best. Thank you so much. I'm going, I also, this is going to sound like I'm digging for compliments, but I'm going to ask you to, to expound on that a little bit more. Uh, but it is just to get more of your mindset. But before I do that, let me return a compliment. <laughs> Because normally I'd like to, you know, usually you've been on here a bunch, so I didn't follow traditional protocol. Oh, really? But I like to start with watching praise and telling people what I like about them. And Blair, what I love about you so much, you know I love that you're, uh, I mean, truly, I feel like you're a, a family to me. Like oh, you're thanks. a sister or a, a just a kin of some type. I enjoy you so much as a human being. I think you're one of the sweetest and hardest working people that I ever met. You're so good into your family and to the people around you you're always a like a true joy to be around you never nice. make it a difficult to be around you at any time um but more than that my favorite what i like doing shows with you my favorite thing in the world and sometimes i'll watch it you'll see me in the side curtain <laughs> or that side door but i'm not always watching you sometimes i'm watching uh two or three different people in the audience i pick out a few different women in the audience see people who never heard you before and i love what my truly my favorite thing in the world to watch is um you come out and you know, what up, whatever, <laughs> insert city here. Uh, and then as you reveal yourself and reveal more of who you are, watching, you know, all people, men too, but in particular, I like watching some of these women just kind of like wake up and then just go, oh, oh. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> That's oh, so nice. oh, she's like me. I will. Oh, and it's one of the coolest things I see where I'm like, man, like you are a true, I think there's just a, 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 a certain, maybe not necessarily a type of woman or anything, but there's just a certain group that you speak to that I think really responds to what you put out and just how authentically yourself you are. And um, that's one of my favorite things about you. Oh, that's so nice. God, what a great comp. That's such a deep compliment to me because, you know, all all that I want and like the way that I also feel like I'm serving the world is to be my most authentic self. I feel like that's for all of us. So um, to have that reflected back to me is very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to cry on this podcast again. <laughs> I'm gonna mm. let it sit. Um, what do you would tell me? One couple of things that you learned or that you enjoy that maybe you could share with people who don't travel with me. Oh. I don't know. Or that you could reflect back to me, so that I go, oh, I do that, man. Yeah, that's yeah. advice I need. Um, well, I mean, like this main thing, like, and I've told multiple people this about 
Cause like I am, I am like a crazy spiritual seeker. I just have been since I was a, a child. Mm-hmm. And I, and one of the, I told multiple people about how one of the things I feel that I've been called to learn is like to, I need to maximize joy and fun. And I feel like also in this art, in this business as an artist, like you can get so caught up in um, survival mode. And even when you get successful, you can be in that thing where the goalpost is always moving. And so you're never where your feet are and you're never really savoring or enjoying the moment. And when I think about you um, and it's helpful to have someone like very close to me observing that, because I think we a lot of times we learn by seeing versus for me, I'm so cerebral. I'll read a 1 million books, but sometimes it just won't land. Mm-hmm. And like when I watch you, like you attract so much because you're so trusting. You work hard and you're talented, but you're also just like non-attached and you're enjoying your life. And like we all want these things to like be happy and like feel enough. But it's like you are really enjoying the ride. You know, and that's like, and I really want to do that too, because life is going by and like we're death is coming for us all and fast. And I just want to, I really want to prioritize joy more. And I know like in our capitalist society, we're always all driving towards the next thing and trying to have enough and be enough and all this stuff. And yeah, I just think appreciating and having fun and prioritizing fun is something that probably is not natural to most people. Yeah, I don't think it's like a practice. It is a practice. And I think it's often opposite of what we're taught to me. It was more of a reflection of my rejection of a lot of the things that I learned in my Catholic school. Um, and also when I learned more about history, um, where it was like, um, you know, majority of my, of my church is black and stuff. And it's always about, it was always about deferring gratification, deferring mm. um, good times and struggle and, yeah. and overcoming adversity and that your reward is in the next life. Your reward is in the next yeah, life. Wow. You're meant to struggle now. Your reward is in the next life. Yeah. But then when I started reading more and more history books about um, different uh, branches of of uh, Christianity or, or things that were um, made during or, or after slavery um, in order to quell slaves to not mm-hmm. make them want to rebel and to riot. It was like, no, you need to turn the other cheek. Yeah. You need to forgive. You need yeah. to go through these struggles and let people treat you bad. And you're going to, because to the, the meat yeah. goes the rewards. Forgive 70,000 times. Yeah. And just, no, just go through this. Yeah. And, then, and, um, and then I started reading some other, not, I guess, non-traditional uh, religious books that was just about like, why wait to get to heaven? Why not have heaven, heaven now? now? Yeah. Yeah, no, I truly think that's a spiritual practice. It And it's like, it's, we're so not programmed that way that it's like, you have to work on it every day to make fun a priority. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to have this feeling like I'm chasing things all the time. I just want to mm-hmm. attract the right things. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets easier as I get mm-hmm. older, mm-hmm. you know? Just experience and growth and and victories under your belt and and it'll continue to be yeah i 100 percent think it will um when we had ryan hearst i mean that's a big part of the my he gave me that that i was living out where it was just about like don't don't be in drive don't be in reverse being neutral you yeah. want to be it is what i mean a lot of what you said it is what it is, is it gonna work out or it won't and um i mean my biggest one was that the, i think one of the last uh, lessons on that for me was like me being so personally tied to making a show about Malcolm and, yeah. I, and I was like oh, it's my calling and da, da, da. but if it's like if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be I'm happy to go do something else yeah. I'm happy to go work on other things and um, like I told you like I, I was concerned that if they passed on it that I'd be like oh this is the end of the world I don't even want to do comedy anymore I don't even wow. I can't do the things that I want to do a big attachment yeah, yeah. But instead, what I found after a meeting, there was grief, of course, and there's still anger, and there was still like, oh, I think you're wrong. There's still that to me. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was like, well, well, I still like creating. 
Yeah. I still think things are funny. I still, most of all, like helping other people. Yeah. And so then I think later that week I was pitching some another idea that was a, you know, a project that is more like a, a me helping someone else to get their project off the ground and just the joy in their face. Yeah. Of them being, when people were responding to these ideas that we had shaped out. And I was like, this is what I love. This is what I enjoy above all things is like, I like making whether it's on stage, whether it's in podcasts, whether it's in, and it's a lesson, um, Bo Burnham, when it's from his special, make happy. That was the yeah. same thing. That's what I like. Yeah. I like to make people happy and I like to make myself happy. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful because that's another thing I learned from you and watching like, um, in 12 step, it's like focused a lot on service too, um, as a way sort of just for your soul as happiness. And I, I've tried to, you know, reframe stand up and art in that way. Cause sometimes, you know, again, when you're trying to like scrapping to make it and stuff, you forget like, and now I just pray um, for like peace and joy instead of outcomes. And just to be like used as a vessel for mm -hmm. like whatever art is supposed to come out of me and whatever is meant to come out of me that it can, you know, come out and affect uh, whoever it's supposed to get to. Mm, it sounds like you're in a good headspace, Claire. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I work at it. Yeah. I'm, this bitch is meditating twice a day. <laughs> trying, trying to put some cinder blocks on my ankles on the next date I'm on. <laughs> Were you in a cloud of dust? You're just out of there, like the track shoes are just laced up. You know? <laughs> but it's again, it, but it's not what my heart wants. Mm -hmm. It's not what my heart wants, so I have to. Well. I mean, the right the right person will will uh figure out how to handle that and calm it down. <laughs> yeah, from your mouth to God's ears, yeah. along with a few other things that we've talked about. Yeah, let's hope for it. <laughs> uh, last piece thing, piece of advice, pearl of wisdom, something passed down to you, maybe from your family, maybe something you learned on your ayahuasca journey. I don't care what it is. I just need something. To help our getting better audience continue to get better. Okay, getting better audience. Um, all of you that I love and appreciate and have gotten to know over the years. Um, I guess what I would say is, you know, I've been trying to work on trust for a while, and I was I've been wrestling, asking God, God, whoever God is, um, what trust is, how do I trust? And then it sort of just I just heard like recently it's just like not gonna happen to me or fall out of the sky it's like a practice mm -hmm. and so I'm really just like I said like what R Rick Rubin said right now my mantra um is just whatever needs to come let it come whatever needs to go let it go I love that yeah seems like you've gone so far from that time I saw that book called trust come out of your purse <laughs> <laughs> Ron this said, is from her emotions collection <laughs> if you saw my, i can never let anyone see my bookshelf it's fucking humiliating um but i'll never forget what you say at a show we did recently and you're like where you don't need to read books on trust you need to stop dating dummies <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it was like they usually show themselves. It's just <laughs> you gotta pay attention. Uh the trust you you could trust the people who are trustworthy. Uh and also I just liked it because I was like, you guys got just basic books. You got other books that just said sleep and eat. <laughs> <laughs> just to remind you to do things. <laughs> I just want to learn more about the things that I do every day. Sometimes I'll just read about shit too, in order to avoid doing the thing I'm actually supposed to be doing. That's I'll a lot read of about people the do thing. That. A lot of people do that. Yeah. I'll read about the thing that I'm supposed to be doing instead of doing it. 
Well, well, yeah. Put it in action. Yeah. Okay. Well, Blair, this is what your fourth time here. I'm not <laughs> sure. Hopefully, fifth time it'll be we'll be promoting a we'll be promoting Blair's new animated movie and show. Woo! We'll be promoting the fact that she's headlining shows across the country on her own and still on tour on me <laughs> in the theaters. And we'll be promoting uh, the fact that her, her her and her boyfriend are just fighting, but they they love each other. <laughs> I think we're going to be at peace. I think we'll be at peace. You'll be at peace, but sometimes they're just arguments. On occasion, you travel a lot, there's going to be some things. <laughs> I love you, baby, even though we haven't met. <laughs> Remember that. Daddy loves you. <laughs> Bell House. What day again? September 16th. The Bell House in New York, Brooklyn, New York. Get your tickets. Go see Blair. Go buy those tickets now. Make sure you sell that out for Blair. Yeah, dog. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, my friends. Oh, always. I love you, Blair. Yeah, I love you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>